Chapter twenty three of the Valiant Runaways by Gertrude Atherton. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Lynn Thompson. Chapter twenty three. Hello! shouted a peremptory voice. Hello! Hello! It's the Senor Jim! gasped Aidan. Roldan sprang to his feet. Hello! he cried. There was a heavy trampling in the chaparral, and a moment later Hill rode into view. He took off his sombrero and waved it at the boys, but did not speak until he had crossed the creek and dismounted. Then he turned and regarded them with his keen, hard eyes. "'Well,' he exclaimed, "'I never calculated to see you alive again, and that's a fact. Had some more adventures, I presume. Look as if you'd had more adventures than grub.' "'Indeed we have, Don Jim,' said Roldan solemnly. "'Should you like to hear them?' "'Should I? Well, I guess.' You and your adventures have kind of made me feel young once more. Roldan told the painful story. Holy smoke, exclaimed Hill in conclusion. You are tough, and two mirages in the bargain. I was lost on Mojave once, and to my mind the mirages was the worst part of the hull game. What do you mean? asked Roldan. What are mirages? Mirages, Rolly, are what ought to be and ain't, what you want and can't get and they bear a hell-fired resemblance to life. I see you don't quite understand. Well, that there beautiful city and that there beautiful lake was what we call Mirage, for want of better name. And he explained to them the meaning of the phenomenon, as far as he understood it. We have certainly learned a good deal since we left home, said Roldan, thoughtfully. There's room for more. There's room for more. Now I suppose you'd like to know how I come here. Well, I've got a confession to make first, and seeing as you've been so nigh to death in the last few days, perhaps you'll forgive me. The day after you left, I went down to see the priest as agreed. I found him, well, I don't know as I'll tell you everything, not even to excuse myself. It's enough to say that he was half loony between fear and remorse. He told me, I suppose he'd got to that state where he had to tell somebody or bust, about leaving you in the tunnel to die and being willing after to kill you with his own hands. He was that mad. But he felt terrible sorry, and said if you told on him, it would serve him right. Only that would mean ruin, ruin, ruin. A terrible word, young man. And he's not a day over forty, and calculates to get out of California with that there gold, and be a big bug in his native land. I hesitated some time, for I ain't no slouch at keeping a promise. But in the end, I had to tell him. Why, a man's a criminal if he don't put another man out of misery when he can. You did quite right, interrupted Roldan. I am glad that he was punished, but I would not have anyone punished for ever. Well, I'm glad you feel that way. He felt good, I can tell you that. He looked ten years younger in five minutes, for he said as how he knew you'd keep your word. I went straight off and managed to have a word with young Carrillo. It weren't no trouble to make him promise to keep his mouth shut. He's more afraid of the priest than he is of his father's green-hide lariat, and that's saying a heap. When I went back to the mission, I told the priest that I thought as how I'd go on to Ortega's and see if you got there all right. When I got there and heard as how you had crossed the mountains in a terrible storm, I just had to go on. I made straight for old Sanchez, who has a hacienda and raises grapes just this side of the river. He was drunk as usual, but his servants hadn't seen nothing of you. And then I was seriously alarmed. 
that was at night and i couldn't do nothing until daylight so i got a good sleep and the next morning i started for mojave i know it pretty well and there was no danger of getting lost at nightfall i found your horses and ponchos the horses was dead poor things i slept on the desert that night and the next morning rode back as hard as i could put suspicioning that you would have sense enough to strike west i went round the corner of that there cactus wood never thinking you were in it and i expect i got well to this side before you was out when i got to this creek i rode up and down it then crossed over thinking you might have gone on it was only when i saw smoke that i said to myself for the first time there they be and you bit it did me good for i was powerful worried don jim said roldan you are a kind and good man i love you and i will always be your friend so well i'm powerful glad to hear that you ain't much like merican kids but you're pretty clever all the same and i like you better than any boy i ever knowed hanged if i don't don't be jealous sonny to aden i like you too but rolly well you would not like roldan half so well if it were not for me said aden whose face expressed nothing so well now be you rested we want to get to old sanchez for a good supper and a soft bed to-night the boys rose with alacrity hill bade them mount his powerful horse and walk beside them sanchez's house was only three miles away but the road lay through chaparral which sprang across in many places it was heavy dusk when they emerged for some time past they had heard wild eccentric cries and their three pistols were cocked as they rode through a grove of trees beyond the chaparral they saw a dark something rolling toward them in an instant hill had snatched the boys from the horse and swung them to the limb of a tree hide yourself among the leaves he said and don't even breathe more than you can help he gave the horse a sharp cut with his switch and it galloped on and he climbed a neighboring tree with the agility of a wildcat and crouched the boys gazed into the dusk with distended eyes the cloud came on with inconceivable rapidity in a moment it outlined itself those were living creatures fleeing a stampede no men what indians they were within a hundred yards now and their lithe naked forms the tomahawks and bows and arrows gripped in their clenched hands could plainly be seen a moment later their evil faces distorted with fear in the middle distance behind them was a huge column of fire a strange figure seemed leaping among the flames it was from this scarlet column that the strange noises came the indians made no sound beyond their impact with the atmosphere they deflected suddenly and passed to the right of the grove a moment later the three in ambush heard them crashing through the brush hill waited until the sound had grown faint in the distance before he swung himself down and helped the boys to the ground that was a close shave he said them was murdering savages no weak need mission variety i'd give two cents to know what scared them and what's going on over yonder they were on the rampage which same means thieving and killing or my name ain't jim hill we're used to indians said aden with gentle pride oh be ye well if them indians had caught you frying your supper you'd have got as well acquainted with the next world in just about three quarters of an hour well we've all got to foot it now but it ain't far i'm powerful anxious to know what's going on over to sanchez maybe two tribes meet and them's the victors offering up the tail end of that there valiant army 
Golly, Maru, but they did look scared. They walked on rapidly, but without further conversation. They were all hungry, and the boys were still very fagged. As they approached the blazing mass, the figures seemed to leap more wildly still among the flames, the cries to grow hoarser and more grotesque. All about was heavy blackness. The slender branches of the burning pine writhed and hissed. They might have been a pyramid of rattlesnakes caught in spouting flame. Overhead the stars had disappeared beyond a heavy cloud of smoke. It was a sight to strike terror to the heart of civilized man. Small wonder that the superstitious children of the mountain and desert had fled in panic. They had advanced a few yards further when suddenly Hill flung himself to the ground and gave vent to a series of hysterical yells, at the same time rolling over and over, clutching at the grass. Roldan, seriously alarmed, and wondering if any other boys in the history of the Californias had ever had so much to try their nerves, ran to his assistance. He caught him by his lean shoulders and shook him soundly. "'Don Jim! Don Jim!' he exclaimed. "'Are you ill, my friend? You have some whiskey in your flask, no?' At this, Hill burst into a loud guffaw. Roldan and Aidan looked at each other helplessly. The Spanish do not laugh often, and although the boys dimly realized that Hill's explosion resembled remotely the dignified concession of their race to the ridiculous— yet they feared that this was a diseased and possibly fatal variety. But in a moment Hill sat up. He wiped his eyes and with some difficulty controlled his voice. "'No, I ain't ill, young'uns,' he said. "'But them Indians would be pretty sick if they knowed what they've run for. "'That that object cavorting round that there bonfire is old Sanchez, and he's drunk. "'Oh, Lord!' And once more Hill gave way to mirth. "'He did more good than harm to get drunk this time,' said Roldan, smiling sympathetically. "'You're right, Rolly. You've got a long head. "'If old Sanchez had sat down to supper sober tonight, "'there'd be a war-dance round another bonfire this minute, "'and his scalp would be bobbing bravely. "'I don't approve of liquor,' he added cautiously, "'remembering the young ideas shooting before him. "'I only said that there'd be exceptions to all rules, "'and this is one of them.' "'I understand,' said Roldan dryly. I am not thinking of following the Senor Sanchez's example, but do you suppose that was really what frightened the Indians? Just, well, I guess. They've probably got some idea of the devil, and they thought that was him, sure as fate. He sprang to his feet, ran forward, caught the bacchanalian about the shoulders, and rushed him in the direction of the dimly looming house, throwing one of his own long legs into the air every now and again. The boys ran after. When they reached the house, its master was extended on a settee in the living room, and Hill was telling the tale of their narrow escape to the frightened household. "'I don't think they'll come back,' he said in conclusion, "'but it's just as well to have your guns ready, and for one or two of you to set up all night. We three'd like grub and beds as quick as you can get them ready.' Never had beds felt so sweet as they did that night. The boys awoke refreshed themselves again and no Indians had returned to disturb their slumbers. End of chapter 23